Now, if you're playing the movie on a telephone, you will never in a trillion years experience the film. You'll think you have experienced it, but you'll be <clears throat> cheated. It's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. I think I'm just going to, to start. Uh, Nathan Fielder is here with us. He's up on the screen. He's, he's scary to me now. <laughs> his eyes have a certain... Yeah. Well, he's a deadness to his eyes. He always has. That's yeah. kind of... I mean, you you should watch some Nathan for you just for like... I, I, I've watched the clips that matter. By the way, welcome to another episode of No Crisis. Yes. We, we, can't, we are chomping at the bit. Champing at the bit. I'm champing at the bit. To discuss the rehearsal. I'm the, John Lynch. And I'm Ben Brown. And uh, now, did you sign the release when you came in? <laughs> yes, I did. It was some uncomfortable stuff in the wording, but I signed it anyways because I figure it's HBO. Like, yeah, you know, well, Ben, we have, HBO, probably, we have HBO money. I'll probably end up on Game of Thrones through some uh, or House of the Dragon now. Uh, oh, you'll, some... you'll you'll belong to any HBO property for perpetuity forever throughout the universe. Oh, can I be ba- can I be in Batman? Is that a thing they ben, still we, do? Uh... <laughs> We can't talk about that anymore. Only certain Batman. And can I? Can we just point out that <laughs> no literally, literally the night before all the Discovery Plus and HBO shit went down. Yes. Verbatim. Yeah, we sat in the bar down the street and we're like, "Boy, HBO Max is killing it! What a great service! If I only had one service." There, there <laughs> if there is a god of streaming, he, mm-hmm. like a, a vengeful god, he he, he was, was in that bar that night. And was like, "No, no, 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 mm-mm, uh-uh. mm-mm, mm-mm. they've He's flown the- too close to the sun." With their quality programming and excellent movie library, they must be destroyed. So we're, we're never going to get uh, Our Flag Means Death, right? That's done? Maybe. I doubt um, it. They say that some of the HBO Max shows won't get canceled. Um, well, the problem with that, Ben, is that they're not hitting the right taste clusters. Right, that's um, true. They don't have any ice cream eating or kittens in the first... Because Discovery Plus watchers watch like this, and HBO Max watchers watch like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't see me doing the back. I thought. All right. Yeah. What? What? How do we even broach the subject of the rehearsal? Okay. Uh, wh- so the rehearsal is the new Nathan Fielder show. Nathan Fielder from uh, the show Nathan for You on Comedy Central for he, three, three seasons. He's a Canadian I think. comedian. He's a Canadian comedian. He's very deadpan. Uh, his show, his previous show, was essentially a spoof on like. Hell's Kitchen or those like, I'm going to come into your business and He's make it, make it better um, because I <laughs> the joke in the in the pilot, Nathan, for you is that he's an MBA with really good grades and that's why he should have a show. <laughs> and so putting aside that he's a big weirdo, like that's kind of the... To, to quote one of my friends who has, has been in giant, these kinds of giant companies, mm-hmm. there's always some guy with an MBA who just fucks it all up. Mm-hmm. And Nathan said, that was, I can be that I man. can do that for a bunch of small businesses for a Comedy Central show. Who and I, willingly sign waivers. This is the thing. If you yeah. go back to Fielder's stuff, even his oldest Canadian stuff, mm-hmm. when he, I forget what the show he was on was called, but basically oh, he had know, little yeah. reporting segments, like mm-hmm. three minutes. Um, and it was always the same, like he went to a tall person bar. Mm-hmm. And then he had the crew build him a tall person simulator, which is a camera rig that sits on his shoulders six inches higher with a camera. Yep, that sounds like him. And with a, with a viewfinder so he could see what it was like to be a tall person, right? So mm-hmm. this bubbling cauldron of everything that became the rehearsal was all present. The yep. Nathan for you, same thing. Like yeah. 
acknowledging the fact that these people signed releases, acknowledge, and that mm-hmm. there's literally a scene where he tricks his lawyer mm-hmm. into signing a contract that the lawyer didn't read. Right. Like, yeah. Right. It, it is. It is acknowledging completely that this is artifice. Right. What it, we are engaged in here is artifice. It is de- both these shows and and Nathan for you maybe more directly in a spoof way uh, is is about reality TV and kind of how it isn't you know it's 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 exploitative or it's bullshit. Which by or... the way, there's a, what we do in the shadows about that. Yeah. Last night. I know. Before, I, 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 got, I gotta catch up on that. Um, I just um, go flip yourself. It's a great. It's a great. Well, because they were there's like fake commercials for that show throughout the season, and I'm like. Dude. Because I know those comedians, the Scar Brothers. So I'm like, did they just have a show on FX where they're like the Property Brothers? Because that would be pretty funny. I, but apparently it's an in-universe show in what we do in the shadows. I cannot recommend la- yeah. or that episode. Enough. I got I to catch up. <clears throat> um, but. What I will say. So so in my opinion, Fielder shit has been building to this. Not that I'm a huge Nathan Fielder guy, but mm. obviously after this I am. Yeah, yeah. The elements were all there. Yeah. Right? The rehearsal takes it. Packages it, I would argue, perfectly. The length yes. of each individual episode. Also, I think it's only six episodes. Six episodes, yeah. The budget. Um, yeah, but the, also... But the HBO... Because that, that's the big thing with with um, with Nathan For You is it's a Comedy Central show, so it had a pretty low budget. Like, he could do some pretty wild stunts, and especially the, the, as he got into later the seasons. The Dumb Starbucks. Dumb Starbucks is the one that yeah. got most people talking. I think, like, that's people a good who one. had no idea what it yeah, was. Yeah, the, the, the finale of the show, Finding Francis, is this incredibly elaborate, long, two-hour-long kind of huge send-off to the whole idea of that show. Um, and the show, I mean, that was even... Back when that show was on, there was criticism of like, you know, he's he's kind of making fun of these people in a way by, by. But the, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about the, this shit? Can we talk about this take that I absolutely hate about the fucking show? Sure. Which is these people are being exploited. Right. Well, and especially in this show, which I think is even more in interior looking on what it is to even be participating in a reality TV show and what layers of uh, of artifice you're always gonna have to put aside to make it real and like <clears throat> because Nathan for you is very much like a reality TV show like he he goes to the people he talks to them you just assume off screen that they they are okay with this sure. and that it's just kind of going as it goes and there's not really any thought paid to like well these people don't have the greatest uh, grasp on English for instance because he's in Los Angeles so a lot of the people he works with in small businesses these people are, are, are not typically media trained right that's exactly. another criticism that is perennial for Nathan, right. for, uh, for rehearsal and and you know he's talked about in interviews and stuff about like yes there were times that we you know people didn't want the stuff we did like halfway through the episode and backed out like that all the stuff that you would think would happen did happen but it was never part of the show this show it is part of the show and then the layers keep falling away from it so there's a version of this show mm-hmm. that is overproduced and written yeah. right there's a there's an epi- there's a version of this show somewhere that is and I would argue- on paper was was it your typical HBO yeah. written drama, show. dramedy? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. A show about a guy making a show, maybe. Right. Which it still kind of is. But either way. It, uh, right. But the, you know what I'm saying, right? There's, there's, that, there's a version of this HBO with the HBO polish. And like, it's not... Re- I don't even know. The word real fails to account for all of this. Right. Because that's the thing. Like, another, to bring back Nathan, for you, is very much like... Even if it was massaged and, and edited and whatever, none of that is, it is all presented to you as if he just walked into this business, said, hey, you're an ice cream shop. What if you sold poop flavored ice cream? And they went, okay. And then they did it. And that's the comedy of it. Right. Um, right. Whereas they this doesn't just... have such a bent of like, this is funny, right? It's more like 
think about it and think about it and think about it and think about it. The word, the word that I keep coming back to is artifice. Yeah, it's artifice. It 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 is it it is how things are made. Right. When you hit uh, against those weird walls, like um, I think Scion is a great example. That Mm -hmm. episode of just like yeah, is this guy? any notion that these people are actors mm. would dissipated so quickly because I just assumed they were. Well, and some of them are, and that's but, the but thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, the, they, but the people who are actors are identified as such. Right, I exactly. don't think they ever failed to... Whenever there was an actor, mm-hmm. they never they failed were... to say... Like, he refers to them as actors, yes, right? Yes, yes, um, So um, I'm not saying... That, I guess the word... There are subjects. Angela is a subject of the show. Right, yes. I would argue... The people who worked at Nathan's Lizard Lounge are act. They yeah. are actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they're, I mean, all those children are actors, right? right? That's part of the artifice, the swap out, which is brilliant. Yeah. By the way, on a whole other level, this show hits surreal imagery almost every episode. Yeah, definitely. Because, well, so, and, and maybe just a basic premise, the idea of the rehearsal, at least at the beginning, is that Nathan's <laughs> going to find these people who want to have a, he has a, a challenging situation and they want to rehearse for it. They want to... But with, every, with very detailed rehearsal. Right. And what he actors. wants to do with them is recreate every aspect of the scene they're going to put themselves in so that they can rehearse and... Well, because that's what he would want. What he wants to do, which is like figure out every possible way a conversation can go or whatever. It's an insane idea. And it's like a way that, you know, I will say as someone who can be very anxious about social situations, I do kind of think like, what if I could rehearse and go through every version of this? I would feel better about it. But of course, then you go like, well, how would I do that? And it's pointless. You can't actually do it. He's the guy who got the resources to do that. And I think it's really fascinating um, to look at it from the perspective. That, that's interesting to me. So you yeah. really do, like, you could see I, the appeal of the what he's ap- yes, selling. exactly. I, I don't think I would ever take it to the extent because what he does is insane. It's ridiculous. No, no, but no, but, no, but, but that, the that idea comes from a real like, That comes from a real place. Yeah, that, that yeah. I would be comforted if I can figure out every uh, angle of what could happen, uh, like prepare myself, even though, or rehearse, exactly. Um, but See, I, that, 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 but I, inherently in, in doing that, you always, you always realize that like, and every time I've tried to do that where I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this and they're going to say that and I'm going to say, it never works. Like you can never no, actually predict it, it I, because I, you're dealing with an element that you can't simulate, which is the joke kind of of what he's trying to do is he's trying to hire actors and create a situation that's so real that it will react like the real situation. And <laughs> almost to a T it fails every single fucking time. <laughs> Unless he puts his thumb on the scale so hard that he is like, like the third episode where he's like becoming roommates with people he doesn't even know and working at a Jamba Juice bar, and then that like it just keeps spiraling and spiraling. When he, the, and that's what it you know I, when, when whenever I get in that mode of thinking, that's essentially like I'll, I'll think about it for a bit, but then go well, I can't possibly predict all this, so I give up on. I it. I think I have a genetic <laughs> like a physical reaction of illness to to people who try to do that, right? So the, the example that I've come up in contact with most recent, or not most recently, but just most, I think everyone is, is like, mm. if you try to buy a fucking car, mm-hmm. you are li- you are putting yourself through a scripted, you are putting yourself at the mercy of this, literally yeah. a funnel, right. that like when a salesman talks to you, they are trying to manipulate you into what they, how they want the conversation to go. Right, right. And that is such like, so fucking horrible to me. I think right. it's like the reporter deep down in me that's still in there yeah. is just disgusted. I. There is something about talking to media trained people that you're just like, oh, ew. Yeah. yeah Any yeah. political speech, right? Any mm-hmm. stump speech. 
um, the many that I've had to cover. Or like all the, I mean, when we watched Barry earlier this year, all the Hollywood people she would talk to at the streaming yeah. network, those kind of, that kind yeah. of interaction that, and stuff. And again, we're coming back to artifice, right? These yeah. people, like when you enter a salesperson's orbit and they have you in their sights, they, they know how they want it to go. Yeah. And they will try to stage manage you through that. And it's not just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, Ben. People who say Ben. Hey, Ben, can I talk to you about this, Ben? Mm. And you're just like, ew, 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 mm. ew. Mm-mm. Stop. Stop. Um, Let's have a so on one hand, yeah. on the one hand, this show acknowledges that explicitly. Mm-hmm. Yes. It says, we're going to build this for you. Yeah. On the other hand, like you said, they're complete failures. You can't yeah. do it. Everyone, even the one that is probably closest to successful, which is the first one, which is the guy who uh, wants to tell his trivia team. And, and the stakes are low. Yeah. Right. It's relatively a low A member stakes. of his trivia team, he wants to tell them that he doesn't have the degree that he said he's had for three or four years. Low stakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even though they go through the rehearsal, he builds the bar, actors, et cetera, et cetera. It's still when it comes down to the moment when he actually meets with the person, he like he all, he freezes up. Yeah, it's completely understandably. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing: if if they, but much more realistically to how humans actually do stuff, as opposed to this idea that you can create a flowchart that will actually dictate a successful conversation, which is what the the joke and also the kind of like fascinating aspect, especially as it starts to double back on itself over and over and over again as the show keeps That's, going. I'm, I'm going to parcel that off to another, like an, a later part of this episode because that's the synecdoche stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. That is the stuff that is when your brain under, like, well, you just it's keep the con- it's the, it's chasing the, further down the rabbit hole. Right. But like, it's, the, it's the comedy thing of you yeah. take a premise and then you keep doubling down. Right. But when you double down on the double down, that's what he's doing, right? right. So it's not enough that he, it's not enough that he felt awkward about putting people in the position. Yeah. It's that he then says, "Well, that was aw- I, I, I couldn't understand the situation, so I hired someone yeah. to play myself." And that, by the way, that guy's fucking. That great. guy is great. The fake um, Nathan is great. The fake Nathan is amazing. Uh, and then, yeah, that's the synecdoche stuff of. Yeah. The recursion. And yeah, dude, just clear. Schenectady, New York is a uh, movie from, oh, I don't know, like 2007 or something. With starring, like, oh, wait, with starring, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Starring Philip Seymour Hoffman as a playwright who gets this massive, cartoonishly huge grant to make whatever he wants. And he decides he's going to make... MacArthur Genius grant for unlimited money. Yeah, basically. And he finds a hangar yeah. or a warehouse with In unlimited In New Jersey, space. where he's going to build his life as a play and he just spends the entirety of the rest of his life trying to make his life worth something by making a play out of it and eventually gets to the point where he is like hiring his own actor of himself and then his his PA has an actor playing her and like it just keeps going and going and going to- and, and like I think I love Charlie Kaufman but yeah. he gets so firmly up his own ass in that yeah. movie and it's a movie that's very much about like fear of aging fear of irrelevance you know value of art etc cetera, etc cetera. but the basic recursiveness of like oh well if there is a fake me there must be a fake me of that fake me so eventually there's three Charlie Kaufmans uh, or, or and is, he, he, is he Charlie Kaufman in that movie or does he have a character name I can't remember I don't think it's because like adaptation he's just Charlie Kaufman no he, he's not Charlie Kaufman in that okay. but he, he but it then is eventually him, essentially. he doesn't even he goes so far into it yeah. that he doesn't even he's not the, he's not even the same person anymore right he becomes Ellen yes that's right it's yeah. very bizarre yeah yeah um, and, and, and it's it's it is not an uplifting movie at all. No, no. It is. It's pretty gross. Not impossible to watch. <laughs> no. Um, but it, you're, the entire time, you're just like, where the fuck is this going? Yeah. Rehearsal never feels like that. Rehearsal has no. enough it's levity. It's lighter, in it. and yeah. it's only half hour at a time. 
So that helps a lot. Yeah, the actual content And is... it's not obsessed with death in the way that, oh, that, no, that, no, that no. every Charlie Kaufman movie yeah. is. No, no, no. So to go back to the rehearsal, the, yeah. the thing that strikes me about it, right, just as a piece of content, mm. and we talked about Matrix Resurrections. Is that the right name? Yes. Resurrections. The fourth Plural. Matrix movie. The one that, that is... That movie, yeah. if you, again, it, to, uh, in my opinion, to fully grasp what that movie is, you have to acknowledge how it was made, mm-hmm. who made who it. Who made it, why they made it. Right? Why they made it and the circumstances it was created in. Yeah. If you just watch it for a movie, I think it's like a passable action movie. It's yeah. fine. And as soon as you realize, no, no, like there's way more. Yeah. And the subtext in that movie. This movie isn't just about the Matrix. It's about the people who made the Matrix, the people who love the Matrix, the people who misinterpreted when the Matrix. When you have Alex Jones saying, referen- when you have Alex Jones Possibly one of the most disgusting humans possibly in this country. And that's a pretty fucking high bar. Saying something, yeah. Um, Referencing it. Yeah. Completely. To to defend himself um, ruining parents of dead children's lives. Yeah. Because he can misinterpret it that gravely. (laughs) Then you know why. But but if you want to talk about the fears like Charlie Kaufman, right? Like, Mm. yeah, you know what? Fear, death, disease, the dental scene where they're ripping his gums apart. Those Mm. are real things. But arguably, the Wachowskis had to deal with something possibly worse, which is your art yeah. being twisted and then turned against yeah, you. By the, and people like you. By the people who hate you. They, uh, they yeah. fucking hate him. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, forgive me. Yes. They forgive, fuck. hate them. Yes, exactly. And that is... Uh, and to attempt to try and rein that in and go, actually, no. And that, you know, however successful they were, but that's like a really wild right. thing to in, do. In my opinion, death seems small. Yeah. Compared to having your ideas and one of your biggest works weaponized against you and people like you yeah. forever forever for yeah. years for decades from now right when you die and you have no control over it and it's being used as a bludgeon right um which is you know the risk with all public art at the end of the day that's all right that's yes correct and that's right. fine um but th- that's right that to me that's what the rehearsal is talking about yeah which is like what the fuck is all this right i have hbo money what do i do with it? right am i make like forgive me I, i'm going on a tear on this but it's yeah these, but I mean, these I, are the questions that some, I will say. It's really interesting that one of the first things he says to uh, uh, I can't remember the guy's name in the first episode. Oh, Core. Core. The first thing he says to Core when he's in his in his um, his he's talking to him in his apartment is like, "Do you know my other show, Nathan?" For you, so it's very <laughs> immediately, immediately, immediately saying like, "I'm talking to you in a world where we're acknowledged." It's not like. Um, uh, Borat, like Sasha Baron Cohen, had this problem with Borat. Once that movie became so popular, he couldn't do that character anymore. So when he came back a decade later and did the movie, he essentially brought in the his daughter character. She was very good, by the way, and she's great, and and it works really well because he he still they still get to a lot of the stuff the original film did, but he couldn't do it as Borat because it's like Fielder has judoed it, and right he just takes Fielder, it and flips it, yeah, and because. Nathan for you was never as popular as the Borat movie was, so he never had that. But I, I did continually throughout the show be like, how do none of these actors know who he is? Like, and and the, so some of the artifice of that, but also the show immediately acknowledging that like this is in play, that that he had a show before where he fucked with people in a reality TV show sense, um, whether or not you know, yeah. There, this is the fascinating thing because you you'd think that it would filter out like it would. It kind of acts like a filter in a way because right. the people that then applied for the show hadn't heard of him. Yeah. Either hadn't heard of him. Yeah. Or if they did, like those actors knew what they were getting. They probably, so this is the thing. They, yeah. get, they get to have their cake and eat it too because they have the people that either have no idea or their situation is just like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. Right. Scion is 
fascinating. Yeah. Um, he think... was an example of just... He, from what I understand, mm-hmm. in the outside of the show, he has basically that taken dude. interviews. He yeah. did a Vice interview. Yeah, yeah. Um, he sounds not like a great person, I'm sorry to say. No, certainly not. Um, seems kind of like a dirtbag. But <laughs> uh, he seemed like... Whatever happens in the rehearsal universe is right. also happening here right. and can then be referenced in further rehearsal universes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing where it's not just a show. Right. Right. We were talking about Better Call Saul earlier. Like, it's a perfect, in my opinion, perfect show. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about it in depth here yet. Right. But that show exists in a vacuum. Yeah. Right. It, it really is. in the, the ABQ universe that they created with yep. Breaking Bad and it doesn't reflect the real world particularly outside of you know, one of the main stars having a heart attack or something like that right. bleeds in, but doesn't right. but, really. But rehearsal is, uh, is the, the large amount of the fabric of it is reality. Mm-hmm. So in, in that sense, it is reality. It is reality television. Right. Okay. But. <laughs> but. <laughs> heavily, yeah, heavily filtered through the perspective of its creator, specifically. All right. Because he directed every single episode. <laughs> he edited all of that stuff. Like, you know, this, this From is... On his laptop yeah, holster? I'm sure. His laptop. His uh, little... His, his, oh my yeah, his harnessed laptop. <laughs> um, to lighten things up a bit. Mm. The, they're, they're, the thing that makes that show transcend for me, some of the visual flourishes are fucking amazing. Yeah. The, 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 the snow. You, I think of the snow. The snow, that, that Which, shot where they do the drone shot where it pulls back to show the, the like circle of I, I reality says, around the house. I think he says, you know, I think the way he phrases it is uh, it was getting expensive. It was winter. And yeah. It was getting expensive. It was getting expensive, winter, expensive right? yeah. And it just was that people like, that, they did that. Yeah. From, from all, from what I understand, for all they, we can tell, yes, yes we don't they, know how long they did it for necessarily, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the visual, the visual is so stunning, right? Yeah, the vegetables that they plant, right? Like they or uh, the digital mirrors, which is like probably the weirdest thing <laughs> I can think and of. And they don't spend that much time on it, right? It's like a seasoning; they just put a little bit, and you're just like, ooh. The- and I'm like, those don't exist, do they? And I don't think they do actually, but but I, with HBO money, maybe they do. <laughs> my. I, I don't know. I yeah. uh, to speculate. I suspect that maybe it's pre-rendered footage, yeah. and that he learned, he rehearsed. Oops, sorry, he right. No pun intended. That would probably be the single most artificial thing in the show to me. But, but it's a good gag both times. So I'm we don't know. Fine I'm, with I'm it. sure I could Google it right now. I'm not going to. Yeah, but yeah. For the purposes of the show, like there are striking things. Um, people wrestling with real shit mm-hmm. is in there, right? Certainly. In, in not in like a fun. Uh, we're we're renovating our houseway, but right. a like hoarders or. Um, I don't know, intervention way. Right, right or, Angela or has, Angela's desire comes from a real place. Right, right. I get it. You're nervous. Like, being nervous about motherhood is yeah, a real thing. Sure, sure. Um, core, you know, deceiving your friends, and I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. That's right. a real anxiety. Um, the, the, eth- the ethics of having them wrestle with it on the show, I don't... Because they even acknowledge the releases. Right. Well, and part he of that is... He through the thing. Like, you know, that's what you want on a reality TV show is you want real... Conflict. You, you, real. Quote, you want real, as but in you know. Like, I mean, this is also the point. Like, and I, I, you know, most reality TV, the way it works is you have producers on set who prompt people and say, yeah, you know, yeah. you two are in this. We're gonna shoot you guys. Why don't you talk about this? And they just let it go. And that's like how the real world works. That's how Big Brother works. That's how all those 
reality shows work, which is that they are prompted. They're not written, but they are directed. The, the producers know what they want out of a situation. Right. Or they know that these two characters hate each other. They need something for yeah. it to boil over. And if right? you've watched any of those shows, you know the format basically goes, they will start in a place with a premise, and then every commercial break, they'll be like, and wait till we get to the end, and it's all going to blow up, and then they cut away right as before it blows up. So you watch the end of the episode when it blows up, or maybe it doesn't. Right. But it's like the format is stirring the pot until it's boiled, and then that's the end of the episode. Right. There is that element here. Yes. There 100% is. Uh, and this is the part where the ethics, the releases are like the least of my things, right? Right. The idea that Angela says, hey, I struggled with drug abuse when I was young. Mm-hmm. And then Nathan takes that and works it into... Right. A, right. But she ultimately, she signed up for it, mm-hmm. right? Well, and, and I think the thing I said even initially was like, um, when we were talking about the show, and I hadn't watched it yet, was that like, oh, I, I like Nathan for you well enough, but there are some things about it that I don't like. And um, I wonder if the show is going to push those buttons even harder. And then when I watched it, I was immediately like, oh, no, this is way more interesting to me because of its introspective kind of nature, but also because the people that are signing up for this are presented with such an insanely odd premise which is like we're going to teach you how to rehearse for this situation by literally building you a theme park yeah. out of it and we're going to staff it with actors and we're going to go through every permutation we're going to create a dialogue tree like a video game and that's how we're going to solve this and i think most people would look at that and be like that's crazy but some people might be like well i get you know paid for it obviously hbo compensates them and then what an experience, you know, it, it, but it's such a out there thing. Whereas the premise of Nathan for you is I'm going to help you make your business better. And then it gets weird. But like the initial pitch of like, oh, your laundromat isn't doing well. Here's this guy with an MBA who works for Comedy Central. Would you, if we pay you this much money, will you let him come in and do his thing? And then when he gets to his thing, which is some insane idea, then maybe you start to go like, oh, this is maybe more of a joke on me than I was thinking. But this, I don't feel like, once he tells Core, like, hey, I rehearsed this conversation. Like, coming to meet you, the first scene of the first episode, he rehearsed it. He built an entire house. He, he what is it, they had like a gas company <laughs> yeah, come yeah, over and scan the house the stove, so that he could build. Scan, took, yeah. And that's the thing also, too, along with the digital mirrors that I think is kind of maybe bullshit, but I don't know. I don't know how digital scanning technology works now. I mean, they definitely built that bar. They definitely they did. Built the alley they definitely built all those um, places. And I, then moved them and had to cut. Like, no, that is the stuff that blows my fucking mind because no matter what, it, this is what I think I was talking about. It. It's like performance art where... Yeah. Regardless of even what the fucking final, I the love final product was, they, they did all this. One stuff. of my favorite uh, jokes, I guess I would say, in the show is when he is over at uh, Remy, one of the kid actors, the mom's house. And he's over there and he's like, I just couldn't believe the attention to detail when he's in their real house. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. you know, random clothes in a corner or a closet with stuff. And he's just like, we couldn't. And it's, you know, the funny thing about the show is, to me, the joke, the, the parts that I laughed at the most are when Nathan looks at the thing he's doing goes like, this isn't really working. It's not really a substitute for reality. But what if this? And just keeps going further. Where any normal person would be like, there's no way to actually recreate reality like this. It's actually impossible. It is the doubling down that I find most impressive. Like, as a production. As a work of art. Right. And it's the parts where I clapped my hands and laughed and said, you fucking crazy. I love this show. My laughs weren't like belly laughs. They were just like... There were some... I had concerned laughs. Like, oh my God, he's going to do this. And that's the oscillation here. Because Nathan, for you, is all kind of... Of jokes 
basically. Yeah, and there's where you know sneaking chili into yeah, the stadium. And it's, and it's a this. Comedy Central show, and so that's kind of it has a, a a much more limited range of what it's trying to do. Whereas this definitely has funny stuff, but it also has parts where you go, "Oh my god, what are they doing?" And also like, <laughs> this is so surreal, and like there's just a lot more kind of emotion at play, I think, in this than than I, his other show. I have to wonder if the production team. Is under a gag order, who knows, NDA or whatever. But yeah. to, to say, I might say so, yes. <laughs> I would have to say because yeah. I would, I just, I'm dying to talk to an executive producer besides Nathan Fielder and right. say, because he has a team. He does. Yeah. And I'm dying to talk to him and say, like, let's just say it's a phantom executive producer who goes on the record with me and says, yeah. like, I'm like, when you started, what did you know where it was going to go mm-hmm. during production? Right. Clearly they had right. to have some idea because of, they show it. They show the amount right. of work that's involved. Right. And and I would say, I can't say this for sure because we don't know the production realities, but like most HBO shows are shot and finished before they air. So it's not like he was reacting to the discourse in any way or any of that uh, stuff. But that's the fascinating thing because when that show premiered, there was a huge amount written about like, is this ethically you know, uh, okay. Um, you know, is he exploiting but stuff? Then how the fuck is this different from a, from but a family, the, like uh, any other reality any TV other show, fucking but reality as show. the weeks went off, every one of those things was brought into the show. Like the idea before of signing the, releases, the, blowback, right. the idea of using child actors in that way, the ideas of, and, and like he had a, he, he had thought of all that before the show even aired. And I think that's so fascinating that, because yeah, if you were to cynically look at his other show and be like, how introspective was he in that? Not really all that much. It was more a funny show. Whereas this one, and I think what's so, what I like so much more about it than his other stuff is, is that it is Again, running up against the absurdity of the premise and then kind of doubling down yeah, on it, double, just keeps going. but also acknowledging it and bringing it into the narration and showing footage of it and all this other stuff. And so this, was, this is what I'm terrified of season two because... Yeah, that's the weirdest now he, part. Now he does have the feedback. <laughs> right. Things are going to happen off camera that that necessarily will impact the production of season two, right. whatever the fuck that will be. It's right. he, and while he does subvert the Borat problem, he still can't fully get around it. Right, because, because now any subject that comes into the rehearsal season two will watch the rehearsal season one. That's just how it happens. Right, so it changes the very nature of what that could, what it could even possibly be. Right, I mean, right? He, he was already on a tightrope walk, now it's a tightrope walk over like a shark tank, I think. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm very curious to see because also the way this one ends is like fairly definitive in a like comedic sense. It does uh, whether you it, find the Remy stuff comedic or not, I suppose it depends on the person. There's but. there's no getting around the fact that as a product, one of the last frames of the show is Nathan Fielder's ass. Mm-hmm. That is funny. <laughs> yeah, that is a funny thing. Yeah, right? it just is also, funny. That whole scene where he's like with the kid actor who's playing the who's playing a version of the younger kid who got like imprinted on him in a weird way. So sad. And he finally just like completely drops the artifice of like I'm your dad, and it's like I thought you were playing my mom, and he's like I'm your dad, and that's the last line of that the whole show is that he's like broken essentially. Yeah. So and and, I would and that's think, where I think, like maybe said, the most fictionalized part of it. I think so. that's what you said, right? It's like yeah. it's like okay, this is yeah, and I. The final episode didn't really land for me. Mm. I, I have problems with it. Uh, it. It diminished for me as it went on, I definitely think. Like, oh, the yeah. last two, I think I was more like, okay, this is very much more about Nathan than it is about Angela. She's right about that. And that the construction of the show was always leading here. Because even in the early episodes, like I was saying, there's parts where you can see him really, like, getting 
too into the premise of like when he's having conversations with the kid actors on the phone or with the parents of the kid actors on the phone, he's using a dialogue flow chart. He is, he is rehearsed these phone calls, which are supposed to be part of the behind the scenes business. And he's using the same rehearsal techniques and even I, to make the show. And so this is the thing, right? I, do we trust anything this fucking guy says? That's the and that's the and thing I did come out of it is like there is a part of me that's like the way the show is edited, the way that it was shot, like was it all shot at once? Like how did he not notice that Angela wasn't doing any parenting when he wasn't there until the fifth episode? He was aware. No, when they showed footage of that in the like the episode she's introduced in, like it, well, it's she, like you know, like running an Etsy store is boring. <laughs> it's a lot of work. That's right. Um, it, it, like some parts of that just feel like yes maybe this was goosed a little more in the direction of being about ultimately at the end of all this he's going to start continue to question himself and his own methods and it will be more about him than about the subjects um, and then it becomes a little more official because it's kind of goosed in that direction and you don't know he you know in interviews which he doesn't give a lot of but he did give some before this uh, you know talks about how this is a character of him this is not him in real life and we don't know what the real Nathan Fielder is like because he's not on camera. Um, but also, we can infer just from some of those interviews that there are some qualities, uh, like his awkwardness and some other stuff that are, and maybe after Nathan for you, questioning some of the ethics of what they had done and how they had done it, and then kind of wanting to reassess that stuff in his new show. Um, so he's a little more maybe self-aware than the character Nathan is because the character Nathan sees a wall and goes like, well, I can climb over that. Just give me some more money. <laughs> give me a bigger give, set. Give me give more me, actors. Give me the ability to say, I'm doing this for HBO. Right. And he, he continuously every says. Every opportunity that he can say <laughs> that it's for HBO, he says it's for HBO. <laughs> and even to the point where he goes, he, he says it out loud. He goes, I love being on camera. Yes. He says it while he's looking at the HBO camera. Right. And so, I, as much as I want to be like, eh, like the Nathan character, I'm less interested in than than the actual thing that he produced. Like right. I, to me, that's the weakest part, which is like, it feels like he's hitting his marks. Yeah, it's it, like right? I I don't necessarily have a huge amount of empathy, sympathy for the character Nathan. No. I think he's kind of a, a a doof. You know, he's just kind of like again, he sees he keeps coming to these impediments and just feels like oh, I can I can get over that. I can keep going. And there is a scene, I think it's in the fifth episode when he's practicing with the fake Angela and she just gives him it. the entire riot act of like, you just create artificial shit. You're going to keep going down this hole and you're never, ever going to feel a real moment. Do you want to feel a real moment? And almost feels like he cracks and goes like, yes, like honestly, yes, yeah, not yeah, yeah, acting. Yeah. And I can't say for sure because right after that they break and he goes, can we try that nicer? <laughs> and they do a different version of it. Um, and it's just a really interesting, like, was that him cracking or was that put in there? For the character Nathan, I same way though, like scene with the kid at the dinner table when he's like, you know, I'm not your dad, and and the kid yeah, eventually he, like tries to distance himself from it by being like, well, you're a great scene partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like how much, yeah, again, how much of that is off the cuff, him actually trying to work his way through this, and how much of it is like, well, this would be a funny uh, observation to make with this scene. Um, and I don't know. And this is the thing, right? Even as I'm saying this out loud, I was like, well, I don't know if I trust Nathan the actor and it's like well yeah, but you never were supposed of, to you never yeah, were supposed that's to that's right? kind of so, the fun I guess um, but, it, but it's the idea of someone watching this and be like wow he's really experiencing these things I'm like yeah. come on and, yeah, exactly yeah because it is again directed by him and all this other stuff it's like it would be hard to if you were to shoot yourself at work all day long and then edit the footage it's gonna have a perspective to it oh. that is uh, you know your perspective right you that can't, would be my hell yeah it sounds awful and, right but, but he clearly <laughs> embraces this yeah he 
fucking he's built for it. Right. Like it's Andy. Not to get into the Andy Kaufman stuff because no. I think Andy Kaufman was kind of a different creature. Yeah, but, but it's still a full immersion well, kind so of got, thing. I got into a conversation with a, someone at work about it, and he mm-hmm. said, "Well, yeah, but like even on Taxi, the co-stars didn't even fully. I was like, we don't know what the fuck this guy is. Like, yeah, we don't know. Right. right, he's just a weirdo. He's a yeah. weirdo. And is that the case with Nathan Fielder? Like, right? Because like in in the case of Sasha Baron Cohen with those characters, like those characters are crazy outrageous, whatever. But he's a professional dude with a staff and everything. Oh, and he's he, in he's in a writer's room, and like it's all very. There's a separation between those. And, I, would, I would put him much more as a Charlie Chaplin character, right? And especially because he's always playing characters like capital yeah. C characters. Yeah, um, Different, he's you never see Sasha Baron Cohen really. That's like no, but kind of, yeah. every, every time I've heard him speak in an interview, he's. Very eloquent. Yeah. He's very intelligent. Yeah. He is much more Charlie Chapman. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, Chaplin's I'm, actually. A I'm good doing comparison. this to make a point, right? I'm yeah. thinking specifically about like the dictator stuff. Like, right. he's doing this for an end reason that is understandable. Yeah. You watch the rehearsal and you're just like, what the? Who the fuck is this for? <laughs> it's Renee the because, Fielder. <laughs> yeah. But I think broadly, it is also about reality TV and this idea of is there is it even possible to capture reality tv no and this is this is the thing there's a beautiful paper i read in college basically that was like uh it was about physics mm-hmm. I was, maybe it wasn't an academic paper it was something i was reading in the library um and it was just basically like a physicist being like the way that we when you're studying stuff that is so small right mm-hmm. we're talking about like the tiniest points of existence the yeah. things that make the things that make up atoms the things that make those things up just by shining a light on it, literally the photons fuck it all. Yeah, observation changes Observation it. changes it. That is yeah. just a fact. And that, that has been the forefront of everything with Nathan for you. Yeah. But also stuff beyond Nathan for you. I kind of want to pivot into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. The fateful time that you basically doomed HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> by saying how much you liked it. <laughs> by saying it. how much, how good it was. <laughs> right. I'm going to put that at your feet. That's your fucking I'm fault. sorry, Batgirl. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm and sorry, 40 animated shows that have been taken off the service in the last two weeks. So here's the thing, right? HBO Max. Yes. Shit tons of subscribers mm-hmm. by all accounts. Huge growth. Huge growth. More yep. than Discovery Plus. Yes. Right? But the, the, but, the guy who put HBO Max together, gone. Yeah. He did he, not make the jump to time. And right? because AOL owns both those companies, they can merge them in a way that it, it, it doesn't even need to necessarily be like a, a, an absorption on one side or the other. They're just like, oh, these two media divisions, we hired that guy. Let's, let's hire this guy to run both of these. It's just so bizarre because... But the guy who won is a reality show. Right. And the thing that continually like chafes me so much about it is Warner Brothers has been around since the 1930s. They've been making content since content could be made in that fight like there's so such a long tail and they have just been passed around forever like that's not a new thing i mean they were you know time warner then aol time warner and then you know keep getting passed around like they've been they've been consolidated since you know like the 70s but it's just wild that you can end up at at the end of this road where aol (laughs) does aol matter anymore to anything other than they acquired a lot of companies when they did matter and so they still have the name on top of it but they could just look at their toy box and go like well hbo is the crown jewel of tv and it's 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 the prestige um what are we gonna who should you know the guy who runs discovery uh he seems all right i played golf with him (laughs) the guy the guy who just wants and this is the thing, right? Yeah. This is what I'm building to. Yeah. Is not only does the rehearsal capture all the shit that we've already talked about, and not only is it, it is art, 100% yeah. it's fucking art. Absolutely. Um, whatever you think of Nathan Fielder, but it, it, 
it brings right to the forefront the fucking battle of golden scripted content. Right. Versus. And garbage that's low effort yeah. that you can churn that is made for people at fucking airports it's, and car dealerships. Or it's made rooms. to fold laundry too, you know? Right. Yeah. It, is, it is just garbage. It's right. garbage. But in, in the twist, in the fucking twist of fate, mm. the garbage the garbage is real people, quote unquote, real people's lives. Right. right. That's how it's presented. And the rehearsal is absolutely artifice. Yeah. But is way realer, right? right? Scion getting in that fight with his guy, his friend in his apartment, yeah. looked pretty ugly. Yep. It seemed real. Yeah. It had that feel of just like, ooh, he's okay. This yeah. is weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Nate, him trying to smoke weed and drive yeah. felt real. Right. Having been in a similar situation around people who do that, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh right. shit. And that, that, yeah, Nathan does end up driving in that scene because, because like, there's no way there's that, no there's way no HBO. production. No. Yeah. Even exactly. for HBO, right? And so for me, it's the rehearsal encapsulates that thing of like, we're going to take reality TV, mm-hmm. the fucking lowest of lows, the lowest right. effort. All you need is $30,000. And then we're going to throw it in a hall of mirrors. Yep. And we're going to put it in the panopticon. Yeah. We're, we're going to put every it, part is observing gonna, yep. every other part. And you're just going to look at it and be horrified right. by it. And be like, um, well, is reality TV even possible? And the answer broadly is no. Because, no, it's because like, it's as both. soon as you're pointing cameras at it, it becomes less than, you know, as we said. Yes. As soon as you observe it, it becomes something else. You've changed it, right? Yeah. And, and this is the thing for the broader, like the thing that happened with HBO Max is the broader horrifying thing for me, which is just like, they pulled down 200 episodes of Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's, it's, it's a because why? Because it's garbage? Because it's, what, what was the, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of this seems to be motivated by a tax write-off, essentially making his, his job is to come in and make HBO Warner because they have a huge amount of debt um, to make it. You know, get rid of that debt. And I think most entertainment companies have this huge, like Netflix has some comical amount of billions of dollars of debt sure. that they just keep their head above well, water. Well, they, they did have to buy back the Chappelle show or whatever the fuck. Right, right. Well, and, and, and this is like a broader thing too with, with Hollywood right now um, that is fascinating is that like everybody was gunning for Netflix. So like, this is the model. This is what we, all of us need to do. We need to go all in on streaming. We need to do this. This we need something way. With, a, with a plus at the end. Yeah. We, we Everybody needs a streaming service. We need tons of original content for it. That is the way forward. And then this year, Netflix kind of went, um, actually, this isn't working. Uh, we lost, you know, we've lost a million subscribers. Our stock prices started to take a dive. We can't um, do everything, you know, buy every show and every movie that we thought we could do. We're in too much debt and we're not making back money because our subscribers have plateaued. And turns out, is kind of simple math, I think, but like, especially with movies, like you can't make movies at the budget level that are, you know, a Marvel movie or a big blockbuster. If you're just getting sense on the watch from people watching it as one of the 40 things they watch every month on their streaming. So you need ticket prices, you need DVD and DVD has gone. Like that's, <laughs> I don't think that's going to ever come back I mean, in a I, way that it was when I was a kid. I think people that feel like they, there's like a, I, think I mean, like, I'm buying DVDs because I know shit disappears, but like generally you're not going to get the, you know, the, the but, huge, you, but Ben, yeah. you and I are criterion snobs. Right, right. Like, this is the thing. We're right. in a different, like, this Certainly. Is, but this was, like, the way that the market worked, you know, prior to streaming was you get your big theatrical and then you get a big bump from D, from from digital, from DVD sales. And, like, now you only get the box office. And when you get to the point where you're making straight to streaming movies, there is no box office. You just make, it just, theoretically, what you want any piece of programming on a streaming platform is to bring in new subscribers. And that just doesn't last forever because eventually ben, everybody that subscribes to it will subscribe to but ben, it. Ben, listen, quiet. Yeah. <laughs> First off, Ben, you don't know business because listen, That's right. there's an executive with a pitch deck mm-hmm. and in that pitch deck, there's a graph 
and the graph has the line it goes up going to 2030 mm-hmm. and they said they're going to triple their growth obviously yeah and that's just that's a projection and but that's, that's just fact and that's the comedy of what Netflix has done where they've convinced the entire industry that this is it this is the way this is the new way and then they're like 10, 15 years in, they're like, actually, I don't think we know what we're talking about. And everybody is kind of scrambling now to be like, um, so do we continue to double down on streaming? Because like Disney also has done that. They've taken Star Wars and Marvel and just shoved every ounce of their shows that they can to make Disney Plus the biggest streamer around or whatever. And it's all like, actually, the guy at the top of the mountain's like, no, this ain't it, actually, it turns out. <laughs> See, you, you say the guy at the top mountain, I see a guy who just keeps digging. Yeah. And he's yeah. at the very bottom, and he's there's like, just there's got to be something down here. But then everyone else also dug. They're all they're digging like, their own holes. Well, there's nothing. And they here. look over into his hole and be like, "Uh oh, um, <laughs> should we turn around or do we keep going?" There, there is a there will be blood thing of just like, mm. not there will be blood necessarily, but there there is that. This is why I have no hope for not no hope, but humans will keep doing the same fucking thing, which is right. Wait a second, there's oil creeping up. Yeah, build a million fucking Every, oil derricks and then it pump sucks everything yeah. out. And then when you pump, and we'll just keep doing it. Yeah. We'll keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And then the well's dry. It runs dry. I drink, yeah. <laughs> I drink your milkshake, yeah. as it were, right? And but by that, but doesn't matter. By that time, right. you've sold your land. Yeah. There's a big ecological disaster. And you started and you're just like, peacock. Oh. And that was maybe not a great <laughs> <Yeah>. idea. <laughs> you start, yeah. Your peacock. CNN. Yeah. The CNN streaming service lasted a week. <laughs> Infanticide. Yeah. Infanticide. Literally. But it didn't matter because the money was spent. Mm-hmm. Right. All the things happened. It didn't matter. They already put the time into it. They developed the software. All those people got paid. Mm-hmm. And well, fuck it. Like yep. pull the fucking plug. And a lot of what happens because these CEOs just jump from ship to ship. Is the oh, same. it's a revolving door. It's a revolving door. So right? you get somebody who, yeah, again, ran, you know, was able to make Discovery profitable through reality TV. And then the idea that that translates over to scripted television doesn't make any sense to anyone observing it. But to the guy who played golf with David Zavalaz and was like, that guy seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He should run HBO. Can you, can you literally say that's, that's a true thing, right? Yeah, that, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, um, these people, there is a club and yeah. it's this. So I, I will say I, I, I was fairly obsessed with this thing for when it was happening because it's just fascinating and especially watching is it fascinating or is it fucking disgusting it's disgusting and it's really it's sad to me as a person who likes good content to see you know the house of the best content hbo get like so assailed by this but uh i was listening to a podcast where they had a like i think he was a former aol board member on uh like so not talking to an entertainment journalist talking to a person who would be at that seat and like he had nothing but like that david zavalov he's got a great head on his shoulders he's been in tv since i hired him in when when i worked at comcast I've known him for 40 years. Um, you know, he, he's well, Comcast produces. Great he's going to make, he's yeah. going to make them profitable. And he was like, and, and the, the interviewer was kind of like, but what about the content? And he's like, that doesn't matter. Like it really is about, do, do you make the line go up? Exactly. It's money in money. Out. Yeah. Right. And, and if he can do that with Warner brothers and clear up their debt, then that will be successful. Even if it means that people hate him <laughs> and, yeah, but ben, and it doesn't matter because he can cry himself to bed literally with a comforter right. made of thousand dollar bills and if it he gets fired he will just be shuffled probably back to discovery or ben, maybe he'll save tlc or something CEOs I don't, don't get fired they get gently pushed out a window right. with a golden parachute <laughs> they right. quietly float into a villa somewhere in the south pacific um it's just yeah it, that's disheartening but but to know that that is the you know that is what's going on it, it's just like and and to look at what he has done since he is he's you know hired an all white like all middle-aged white guys on the board like they're you know 
getting rid of any of the diversity initiatives that 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 HBO Max was going for and so on and so forth because that's you know that's how you do it and also there is a culture within the entertainment industry of you come in to a position as CEO and you get rid of the shit the guy before it did you because whether you like it or not because it's a power because it's regime change it's how dude. Deadwood yeah, it's, gets canceled yeah, yeah, how, how so many things shows that were successful and good but they were the idea of the guy before me so I need to you know, establish the new regime. This, this Stalinist purge yeah, must take exactly. place. And it happens constantly <laughs> in the entertainment industry. Um, and so that's part of it too. I think. So on that note, I will say this, I, I tend to think about like when, when this shit happens, it's like, Oh, they're gutting HBO's creative, right? Yeah. Um, they're fucking gutting it, which factually they are. I like to think about it as like a bunch of marbles. Yeah. And the marbles don't get destroyed. They just get shuffled around or basically pushed out and, and you have really amazing writers, really yeah. amazing producers and directors, and they're just like, all right, well, if HBO ain't it anymore, then I'm going somewhere. Go somewhere right? These people still exist. Yeah. They will find a way, hopefully, to make their shit. Right. Maybe not on the scale that HBO did, but right. Right. That that is the little candle that I'm I'm trying to, right. to hold right. and be like, okay, fine. Maybe someone will make a fucking decent thing on YouTube. Even YouTube now, right? It's just like, well, people aren't going. Well, because yeah, way. part of your competition with HBO Max or whatever could be like, well, you know, we give our creatives like, and that might be appealing to a certain subscriber base, and so they mean that boosts while. your numbers for, for a couple of for a while, right? Yeah. We don't know what the what the what the what the criterion or the next HBO will look like, right? right. Um, we don't, we have no fucking idea. And it, yeah, as it's far somewhere. as I, as far as I can tell, from it's like HBO Max is the part that's yeah. going to be suffering yeah. the most because HBO proper is still the the feather in the cap. It is still. I, I mean, think that's fairly well insulated. We say this, yeah, and we're gonna look at we're gonna bring up Deadline and be like, oh, fuck, right, it's right, gone. whatever. But like, but like House of the Dragon premiered Sunday, biggest premiere in HBO history. You yeah, know, ten million people watched it on the night it aired, which yeah. is give me. I will yeah. take as many Game of Thrones spinoffs so I can get one rehearsal. Right, and from what I understand, like I've been watching a really good video series, a video essay series on the making of Apocalypse Now. Mm -hmm. It goes even to more detail than um, Hearts of Darkness, which is the I think the, his wife made it. Eleanor Coppola, yeah. Eleanor Coppola made it. And that's a great documentary, but yeah. this one is, is more updated. There's more that is Right. Well, and that's very much like a fly on the wall, like at the moment they're Right. Know, right. That that's like that's like Francis is downstairs without a shirt on yeah. and he's lost thirty pounds. He's and making he's like, spaghetti sauce at four AM yeah. because he can't write and he throws yeah, yeah, yeah. the words like, out the window. And, and that's all that. great. But this yeah. is a much more like industry side of it. Mm. And I mean the the system with those guys, right? The new way or the new yeah. you know, him, Lucas, all those people was We'll give. We'll make three for the three for the studios and one yeah. for me. Right. And that's based as much as like decry the shit. Like mm. that's how it is. Well, you're gonna it, make your stuff to pay the bills and to yeah. make one. And artist. this is in waves because this kind of comes and goes. And I was thinking about this with this kind of era of of Netflix and streaming being just like get everything, get all the content you can. And Netflix especially was famous for like here's the money, no notes, just give us something. Um, you know, and 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 we'll just have so much content that it'll be impossible to deny or whatever. And it's kind of, you know, we got a lot of good shit out of that. We got a lot of movies that wouldn't have been made and a lot of series, you know, I got two wet hot American summer sequels to a movie <laughs> that I would I never thought I would see sequels to. Um, just personally, but like it reminds me of what happened in uh, the 60s, which is the studio system continually tried to work the way it did in the 40s and 50s, which is like MGM makes musicals, yeah, Warner yeah, Brothers yeah, makes yeah, detective yeah, yeah. pictures. We just, we just turn them out. People keep coming to the movies, and they started to lose the youth culture in the 60s. 
um, for various reasons and didn't know what to do. And they kept making big musicals and they kept failing in Westerns and whatever. And eventually it got to the point where they started giving money to the counterculture. And that's where the 70s comes from. And the 70s is that long run of like people like Jack Nicholson or, you know, like Dennis Hopper or, or Francis Ford Coppola or Brian De Palma or George Lucas or any of these people who just got to do their shit and it was successful because the people going to the movies were like, oh, this is new. Like, this is a new type of, you know, it's a new wave of cinema. And it lasted for about a decade. And then around the 80s, blockbusters come along. And that's what becomes IP and but franchises. You still, you still had RoboCop get made, right? Yeah. You, you still, you, you have, still get you stuff still within get that, gems. for sure. And I think we're, we're entering another era where it's like the only stuff that can be afforded to made is like the most... Afforded to be at that scale. At that scale is right. the stuff of you know superhero movies. We see a lot of those because they are guaranteed money makers the, worldwide. The, this is what people understand: the superhero movies now are the gangster movies of forties and fifties. Sure, or they the are, western movies, or of the, the western. Yeah, right. Yeah. And there's just they're just fucking shovelware. They're just right. fucking filler. They're just way more expensive than those movies are. But but nevertheless, the the comparison is still that like we are at the end. We're at the the ebb, not the flow of like. Creatives getting uh, of a new frontier of media in this case streaming of of uh, executives and stuff being like, well, we just we'll just throw a bunch of money at a bunch of creatives and out of that we'll get a bunch of great shit. But eventually they'll be like, well, this isn't working anymore, so we're going to start taking away from that and start going back to the short bets, which is like what happened in the '80s with blockbuster, kind of the rise of that. And still, great movies came out in the '80s and what have you. But like that whole like we don't know what to do. Let's give money to another a new set of people. That only lasted for ten years, and I think this is we're at the end of another one of those. Now with streaming, because it doesn't seem to be the end all be all of like this is where media is all headed. Because again, the one at the top of the mountain was like, I don't know, guys, maybe this wasn't I, the right mountain to climb. But see, I don't, I don't want to know where things are headed. I want right? that uncertainty. I want. I want a counterculture. Right. Like, I think we're there. Like, Gen Z is going to start making their right. own shit. Yeah, but I think we're, we're kind of approaching a dip right now. Yeah, 100%. And I think, but, and, and but it always un- comes back around. Unprecedented uh, unprecedented consolidation, which is right. good for no one. Right. And that, that's the thing that maybe didn't exist back in the 70s was just this massive corporate consolidation of every media conglomerate of Microsoft buying every video game studio of, 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 uh, you know, uh, not Warner media, but like, I guess it would be like universal is it's hard to even parse anymore, but like, you know, who owns what and, and how do we consolidate like Disney, I guess is the one who's munching up everything yeah. right now. Um, yeah, them, that, them owning Fox is like still one of the weirdest things. It's fucking weird. It's super weird. Um, it, it is, it is, <laughs> it is, it is the realization of cartoon porn where Bart Simpson is banging the Little Mermaid. <laughs> right, right. Now that's that's, that's canon. In, that's, that's canon in, now. That's Targaryen that's, in the house. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that's just a fact. Yeah. Right. So the things predicted on disgusting early two thousands porn is it now came real. it came real. <laughs> Thanks, internet. Right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a bigger. There's a broader conversation I wanted to get into about like, if if most people are watching. Um, Reality TV, mm-hmm. right? If, if you're raised on Ice Road Truckers or yeah. the Moonshiners or I forget what the New Hampshire one is called. North North Law? Northwoods Law? Something like Some that. Some fucking yeah, yeah. right? Um, but all that cable has to offer now, basically. Yeah, I mean, you can watch anything you fucking want, right? And there's a yeah. niche for it. Right. And I mean, that's that's maybe the, the not counter, but the, the fact that we have access to so much media now at any given time. I, I will say David Lynch will 
he's not dead, thank God. Yes. But the amount of content being consumed on phones probably deeply upset him. Sure. But that said, mm-hmm. a lot of home theater setups. Mm-hmm. I feel like home theaters have become really good. I think right. you and I have pretty good and TVs. And if he never makes another thing again, he got to carry the fucking golden football all the way in the end zone with Twin Peaks of Return because he got to make 18 hours of his shit <laughs> unimpeded and, and Mark air, Frost is just and, like Jesus and air it on television and and sell a bunch of DVD sets to dorks like me um, and like he he got to go out on top even if he never he makes another movie oh, he made fuck, Ben he's got painting to do I don't give a yeah, he, he he's got do, sculptures he's, he's got his weather reports to but, do every day so that's what I was gonna say right there is a there is a for you and I mm-hmm. he does weather mm-hmm. that doesn't in, in the in the 70s that doesn't exist we don't right. get to see David right so right. for all the shit that is awful like the Disney act with the consolidation the mergers and acquisitions right. the fucking uh, the taste clusters the algorithm kicking your thing off right. the service we get David Lynch doing the weather right there's right? still and an avenue for him to have a YouTube channel and every come on be like fuck it the and weather it's on is... his terms yep. right well YouTube, technically YouTube technically terms, YouTube but, terms, but yeah um, he, his stuff doesn't run afoul of right too right. badly um but yeah, he, he he has a you know we have consumer grade electronics with cameras and all this stuff in them that we can. Oh God, what is my phone doing? Jesus. Anyways, um, oh man, you know what I have to open this episode with? Yeah, it's gonna be David Lynch being like, if you think yeah. you're watching, watching a movie on a fucking phone, <laughs> like that's gonna have to be it. I think it was the guy who directed Dune said that watching Dune on a, on a phone would be like driving a speedboat in a bathtub. Yeah. That was a good comparison. Yep. I thought. Um, no, I think there's it's yeah. like. I mean, you and I took the same... I, I want to say we were in a Shakespeare class together. Maybe not. But the, mm-hmm. I mean, the idea of what people could consume has always been heavily moderated. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a, by, the, by the state or a government or right. the studio system and all this shit. Yeah. Um, perhaps nothing has changed that much. I mean, I am increasingly disturbed by like... The taste cluster thing from Barry is... Mm-hmm. is Oh, is, is very fake. real. Well, no, it's they don't call them. I'm assuming they don't call them taste clusters. Uh, Who knows? From what I'm Bill sure Hader has said in interviews, like yes, almost it, every one of those terms was used in meetings that he's been in. Right. So, but all that sausage making is disgusting. Yeah. But so is the Weinstein stuff, and that got unearthed, mm-hmm. right? Like there is the, the amount of sausage making in. I hate. I can't believe we call everything content now, but it is. Right. Yeah. Um, there's always been that. Like the machinery is awful. Yeah. There's fucking people round up and spat out by it constantly. Yeah. But if a young man with a glint in his eye or woman mm. or non-binary person can say, fuck it, I want to make this thing, they, can, they can now in, in some form. Right. There's so much more. Yeah. There is a democratization of that technology that didn't exist back I mean, in remember, the 70s or if, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Remember when, uh, what was the tangerine that got filmed entirely on an iPhone? Mm-hmm. It was a big deal. And now it's kind of like, well. Yeah. Um, I will say that the, the twist for me has been like people watching the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. The Truman Show came out. Yeah. And... People were like, I want to do that with my life. Mm-hmm. And now there are literally millions yeah. of Truman Show people, right, people who, on Twitch right now. We could tune in the, right now to yeah. someone somewhere on the planet. Was it the dude or, who stayed up or stayed streaming yeah, for yeah. like a month and a half straight? Yeah. And that's Truman Show. That's exactly what that is. Right. It's I, just not I, this. To, it just is not elaborate, to, you know, dome city they have to build around no, it. No, Someone no. just does it voluntarily. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that was also yeah. synecdoche is the same thing. Yeah. But, it, um, but what I'll say is people willingly, mm. the rehearsal, Truman Show, these come like they're made by humans because these are human drives, right? right. Nathan's desire to flowchart everything. Right. That would probably be deeply comforting for some people if mm-hmm. life was like that. Yeah. Um, the idea of being your own celebrity. Yeah. You can open a Twitch account right now. Right. You can try to become a celebrity. Yeah. 
And you can of course, scheme your entire life. Yeah, and uh, the, 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 yeah, of the, course Truman didn't do it willingly. Right, and there's so many more people trying to do that now that it's a it's a it's a harsher uh, rat race, as it were. But yeah, if he wants to make the rehearsal, but not just make it about the rehearsal, the thing that he's doing ostensibly, but also the thing he's capturing that with, the artifice he's constructing it with, why he's doing it. Like, it just keep going it's, through layers. It's such a massive piece, dude. Like, and this is, yep. this is why yep. we didn't throw it in with Better Call Saul was because it's, you cannot just look at what's on the screen. Right. It goes so fucking far beyond that. It keeps, yeah, going outside of itself. And like maybe 20 years from now, he'll go, all right, jigs up. I'm not making any more shit. Here's the definitive how we made the rehearsal and we'll find out all this shit was happening off screen that we didn't know about, but... Um, I don't. I don't know. I kind of don't want to know. Did you read the SNL book? The oh, it's, it's live from New York. Yeah, it's a great book. But as yeah. you get closer to the '90s and 2000s, people start clamming up. Yep. And yeah. and I get the sense that, like you said, 20, 25, 30 years, I will happily read yeah. how this was produced. The oral history of the rehearsal. Oh, 100. <laughs> yeah, percent yeah. There's a Daily Show book too. The oral history of the Daily Show. Right. Excellent read. But as you get closer and closer and closer, you know that the people being interviewed have careers still. Right. They still have the opportunity to make money. So mm. they're not going to say, yeah, the, the, John Belushi was a fucking mess. They can't talk about how much of an asshole Chevy Chase is. No. <laughs> we can't talk about the contract negotiations. We can't talk about Lauren having a nervous, not a nervous breakdown. Right. Lauren getting kicked out, all that shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or talk about how most of the movies, or, you know, Robert Altman talking about how cocaine was like a Dude. line item in all of his movies. It's fucking insane. <laughs> like on the Popeye set, they were getting shipped cocaine to Italy, essentially. And all this other stuff. Like, but, that, they, you know, that wasn't in the trades at the time. That was something he talked about in an interview like 40 years later. Um, anyway, you know yeah. what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It's, it's We will not know the whole truth. I mean, it doesn't fucking matter. You're he right. made this thing. It's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. <laughs> it's a reflection of the times. Mm-hmm. Like it is everything that good in my opinion, fucking amazing art is. Yeah, because yeah. um, a lot of it is about to you know because to to your point about Twitch and like a lot of people get fall into that trap of thinking that when they watch someone online they're watching reality they're watching just unvarnished that person is living their life and I'm watching it and there's no barrier between it when you're putting aside the fact that someone knows they're on camera as soon as they know they're on as soon as we get on these microphones we talk differently than we do to each ben, other we're going to go to Stark and yeah. we're going to talk comp- well, if you want but we're yeah. going to talk completely differently <laughs> yes. about this right yes um, but but for me this what we're doing right now is like kind of like a time capsule of just like yeah fuck it I wanted to talk about we, a conversation yes. it is a conversation but it's also a point in time right um and there are certain barriers up to it because, you know, that's just how you There's act when day... you know you're being observed. Yes, right. <laughs> um, we, are, we are increasingly existing in a panopticon of our own. Right, exactly. <laughs> we fucking are of our own design. <laughs> These phones are telling Google exactly what we're saying right now. So I can't wait to cut that David Lynch clip in here. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Ben, I think we have to leave it there. Yeah, we're, we're going to keep circling the drain just like Nathan if we keep going back and forth. Like let's, all right, actually, let's do another take, Ben. Okay. Let's, uh, we'll go back to... Um, <laughs> so, Ben... <laughs> Did you feel comfortable with how that podcast went? Oh my God. <laughs> ben, you'd say this podcast is going pretty well, right? I guess I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> the wall falls down. <laughs> All right, take us out. All right, we're out.